Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. As I mentioned, uh, people reacting to the Sarah Canning interview on Channel 4 News last night. Uh, a lot of you agreeing with what she said about the dissident Republicans. And uh, here's, here's a reminder of the, the main clip with her reference uh, to uh, the people who, who killed uh, Lyra. They're literally a scourge on their communities. A people, scourge? They're a scourge. They are a scourge. Uh, what I would say is and this might be heavy-handed and people might speak out against it or whatever, but I don't really care. They are grooming young men and women. They're no better than, they, they speak out about like paedophile gangs. They're no better than paedophiles. They literally take young people who are disenfranchised at the best of times, who are living in poverty, who don't see a future for themselves in Northern Ireland because there is literally very little here for them. And they tell them that the way forward is a gun in their hand. The way forward is never a gun in your hand. Quite a few people hearing that, uh, agreeing with uh, Sarah Canning regarding the activities of the new IRA. I want to speak to Barbara Werty, who's a commentator. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Frank. How are you? I'm very well, Barbara. Sarah Canning, exceptionally articulate, no surprise at that, on Channel 4 News uh, last night, and saying what other people have been saying about terrorist godfathers generally. Yeah, well, Sarah unfortunately finds herself in a in a very um, it's a unique position, and it's one that I, I know that she, I'm sure, would never have asked to be put in. But the the convention of politeness um, and for saying things in order to to maintain uh, the status quo does not apply uh, to somebody who has been put in the position that she has. And um, I commend her for standing standing up and and. And using this time, which must be, you know, I can only imagine how she must be feeling at the moment and what she's still going through um, in losing Lyra. Uh, but to use that time to, to actually try to make something of her death and try to ensure that this doesn't happen again. Um, and, and, and speaking out against these gangs, against these people who are um, facilitating and encouraging this violence, um, and especially bringing these young these these people are so young, these boys and girls are here being dragged into this, they're so young. So for her to speak out against that, um, I think is very powerful at this time. And I, as I say, I would commend her for it. Certainly sounded very powerful on Channel 4 uh, News. And she is a, a woman of immense confidence because she had the opportunity to speak to the Prime Minister uh, at the funeral. She spoke to other politicians as well. Um, here's a reminder of a, a comment that she made regarding a message she gave to the Prime Minister. So I basically told her that she was massively derelict in her duties to Northern Ireland um, and successive governments have. It's not just been the, the Tory government. I told her that to tell us that issues like gay marriage and abortion rights are a devolved matter is completely out of order. We're not a devolved state anymore. We're completely unsuccessful. It has been shown that we can't work together. So the British government has to be our government and they have to be our voice and they have to do better. So that was basically the message that I left with with Prime Minister. 
Is that is that the voice of an LGBT activist? Is that the voice of a grieving partner? Or is that the voice of someone who's got a, a future in politics, Barbara? Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to put, put her into any boxes. I'm sure she's very free to, to, to make her choices moving forward as, as she wishes. I hope that she'll continue to, to use her voice, which is incredibly eloquent and powerful, um, to advocate for change here in Northern Ireland. But I think what that is, is the voice of decades of frustration with Sarah is channeling. Like, these are not new things. We know that um, we've been sent so many secretaries of state who don't have a clue about Northern Ireland. You know, we have we have our investment here has not, not not really shown in terms of our infrastructure. We've been left behind in a great many ways here in Northern Ireland. And I think what Sarah was getting at was she had the opportunity to, to put that to the Prime Minister in person um, and, and express to her, her just how unsatisfied she is as a citizen that her rights are not do not seem important to, to the government at Westminster. And I and I think that she spoke for a lot of people when she said that. Do you believe that the Prime Minister will have listened to her or will she just have nodded in politeness? Oh, well, you know, who can tell with these things? You would think that, you know, some people have no shame and we see that in politics all the time. You know, we're, we're constantly surprised at um, how incompetency seems to allow you just to continue as well. It doesn't matter how, how bad you are at it at the moment. So the, I can I can say that um, maybe they took it as lips and paid her lip service, perhaps. But I would like to think that given the action on the talks now that we see at Stormont, perhaps there has been some note. I mean, a point that Sarah made that I thought was very important was she, she said, of course, red lines are important, but, but so is a functioning government. You know, they're not maybe as important as a functioning government. Um, and I and I have the sentiment that I share, and I have been I have been led upon for for suggesting that in that I am some way bargaining with somebody's rights. Um, my view is though that these rights should never have been withheld in the first place. So whether it's uh, Stormont that brings them in, or whether it's Westminster that brings them in, they need to be brought into law here so that people of Northern Ireland are equal citizens to those across the water. Can, can you see a, a move from across the water to? resolve the the issue of, for example, equal marriage or equality in terms of le- legislation towards people who, who are gay? I believe that it has become a more pointed issue for them, given that they have forgotten about Northern Ireland or ignored Northern Ireland for so long. But now that we have become pivotal in the Brexit um, negotiations and the issues there, that has made all of the issues here that have been ignored um, all the more sharp for the government. I would like to think that there is an impetus to move towards that, but you know, given the DUP's stance on equal marriage and uh, rights to access abortion, and given their continuing deal with the government, um, it's it's really hard to see any particular movement in that. There are some elements within the government that are obviously lobbying for it, but at this point, it's just unclear as to as to whether or not anything will come. Um, of, of either the talks or, or, or Lear's death. But do you see the DUP as moving a, a, a liberal element within the DUP? For example, the first openly gay representative yeah. elected in terms There's, of council. Do, do, do you see, do you see the, the DUP loosening the, what some would describe, not everyone, some would describe as the, the shackles of the Free Presbyterian Church? 
there there has been a lot of talk of that recently, understandably, um, due to the election of their first openly gay candidate. Um, and, and, you know, that's been warmly welcomed um, that, that they have moved on that front. But does it indicate a wider sea change for the DUP? I don't know. I mean, it, it's, you're asking the, the, the Titanic to move in time to not hit the iceberg. Um, it may be too little too late, um, even if it is a move at this stage. But again, one one candidate one candidate does not indicate a complete change in policy. Um, you know, we can we but we can live in hope, Frank, that we're moving towards more tolerant and liberal times here in Northern Ireland. Yeah, because it's all relevant to what people are talking about this morning. BBC News last night had a uh, an example of a Free Presbyterian minister. People are talking about it, asking me for my opinion on it, asking us to mm-hmm. remind people of what, what, what was said. I, I, can, I can play it here. It's a, it's a, a Reverend John yeah. Greer. And uh, here's just a, a clip of a sermon uh, that the Reverend John Greer uh, was giving from the, from the pulpit. And you know what's happening today in our nation? Christians are being conditioned into thinking that things that once were reprobated are now acceptable. That's what this verse is talking about. That's what the world can do. It can influence the child of God into thinking and into believing that these things are no longer wrong, such as sodomy. That's the big agenda today. Let's change the thinking of the people into accepting that sodomy is a lifestyle that people are quite entitled to follow. And now we have the DUP putting up their candidate who is an out-and-out lesbian. That's what I mean. And my friend, that's what Paul is talking about here. That's the kind of thing that's going on in our own little land. And there we have before our very eyes what God has to say about the danger of an ungodly world, a corrupt world, influencing even the thinking of people who should know better. That's the Reverend John Greer. He's with the Free Presbyterian Church. The Free Presbyterian Church, of course, was the bedrock of the DUP when Ian Paisley was the leader. It's, it's an example, isn't it, Barbara, of the journey and how difficult the journey might be for anyone liberal within the DUP to in any way countenance as Sir John, as the Reverend John Greer refers to in one of those ministerial voices that you, I don't know, conjure up from the guttural depths of your being. Sodomy, sodomy. Oh, it was, it was very much, uh, it was uh, very evocative of Ian Paisley Sr. there, wasn't it? I mean, you, you could imagine him delivering a sermon very similar. Um, no, you're absolutely right. For anybody who has shown any kind of um, liberal moves or questioned the wider policies of the DUP, there has been, they've been made short shrift of. And we've seen that many a time over the years. Um, but I think what, what we have to remember is not everybody who votes DUP is, is a free Presbyterian. Um, and they, there are many people who vote DUP for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think it's, that's, that's where the disconnect, as the party has grown, there has been a disconnect between those that would be seen as maybe the hardliners and then those who would vote DUP but maybe wouldn't share all of their values. So um, I think it's very sad that we're still hearing that kind of language coming from, from the pulpit in this day and age, you know, especially when, when Christianity is, is supposed to be about tolerance 
and, and love. Um, but uh, there are some people who, who will never change their views on this and, and they're entitled to, to hold their views, but they're not entitled to prevent others from, from living their lives and, and accessing their rights. Um, the law. Yeah, I, th- I think we should also emphasise, uh, Barbara, that it's probably not just the Reverend John Greer who feels like that here in, in, Nor- no, in Northern for, Ireland. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Also, there are also many, many, uh, I would say, uh, Catholic priests who would share very similar um, views, you know, the church, that both churches, um, which, which are a kind of similar outlook um, on 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 issues such as homosexuality and um, uh, abortion, also. So, you know, there's a lot of commonality there. So, no, you're absolutely right. That wouldn't just be held within within that sector of our community. Many people will argue, of course, that this is the most unchristian example of Christianity. If you preach like that, you are preaching a form of hatred. If you preach like that, yeah. you're preaching a form of division and despair. You're sowing seeds of worry in the hearts and minds of very young people who are discovering their own sexuality. It, 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 it is a brutal approach to take to humanity. That's argued by many people. Well, think, think about that. Think about being a young person in that congregation who is, is, is trying to work out who they are. Um, and they have questions around their sexuality and maybe maybe wondering, you know, uh, uh, who, who they like and what they like and, and who they, they want to become. And that's what they're hearing about themselves. You know, that's what they're hearing um, from, from somebody who is respected in their community, from somebody who their family and their friends and, and look up to and respect. And I, I think that that's very sad and that must be a very lonely place to be and 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 i and i just anybody who would be in that position there are others out there who who have been through that and can help you and support you you know and and i would say to those young people that they're not alone um because that is that is an awful thing to be bombarded with whenever you're at a time in your life whenever you're not sure of who you are i just i think that it's a desperate form of cruelty Barbara, I appreciate your input this morning. I'm looking at texts as they're coming through. And there's one here that does ring a bell absolutely with me. It's from a guy called David. And he says, and I'm actually thinking this, David, and I may have made some remark during the course of the conversation that sparked your, your, your text. But one of the things that I totally notice in the Reverend John Greer is the ability, God given ability, to be an incredible communicator. I agree with you. I agree with you. He has an immense ability 
to deliver the message that he's delivering. But what, what, what I can't help but say, I don't know if Barbara, you'd agree with me on this, with incredible ability comes incredible responsibility too. Oh, well, no doubt. I mean, again, just to, to, if we look back at Paisley Senior, we saw the power of his words. We, he was an incredible communicator. You know, he has that, the, the, the very um, distinctive tenor of his voice, the cadence, you know, the control of language, the control of himself to deliver such powerful speeches. Um, you know, that's something shared, shared in this case. And as you say, you know, you, you can have that great power, but how do you wield it? Um, do you wield it with care for others? Um, or, or is it is it more of a warrior stance? You know, where you you think you're you're a warrior of Christ, and therefore it doesn't matter who you mow down, um, in your quest uh, to get your message across, the message that you that you believe in across. So, um, yeah, I think it could be uh, it's incredibly damaging. I think for anybody who's in a a delicate state of mind, and you know, I would just our caution in these things. You know, our young people are 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 young. They're delicate. They're 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 special. Um, and we wouldn't want anybody, anybody like that to be exposed to that kind of um, experience where they're made to feel like there's something innately wrong with them. Um, it just makes me very, very sad. Barbara, thank you very much indeed. When asked for a comment, the Reverend Greer told BBC News NI that the remark was part of a wider sermon and that the message he was preaching was not specifically crafted to deal with that issue, but rather commentary on how Christians should be living. He said it was not his place to dictate to the DUP about their choice of politicians. If a party which once took a decision begins to move away from it, it's my duty as a Christian minister to highlight that, he said. The Reverend Greer said the Bible was his final authority. Uh, 028-90-33105. Just on what David is saying, uh, I just want to go back to the Reverend John Greer for a second because this, this is very relevant. The man is gifted. He is gifted. His ability to hold an audience or a congregation in the palm of his hand is... It's a 10 out of 10 ability. I'm going to analyse it uh, more carefully in just a moment. On the back of David talking to us, and me thinking it as well, about the great abilities of the Reverend John Greer, I'm going to allow you to hear him once more. And this time, don't listen so much to what he is saying, not to the message, because that's what we were analysing the last time, but his ability to deliver it. I give him 10 out of 10 for his for his ability to deliver it. You know, I, I despair at the message. Let me emphasize that. I do, I do despair. I, f- I feel for the people, especially young people who are listening, who are gay, who are bisexual, who are lesbian, who are transgender, who just feel that they are maybe going through something that I never had to go through in my life. And they're hearing on the radio the Reverend John Greer, or or worse still, they're taken by their family to the Free Presbyterian Church and they're sitting there with their, you know, hands on their knees, sitting, looking up at the Reverend John Greer and nodding in agreement because mum and dad are nodding in agreement. I feel for those kids. That's who I feel for when I hear the message. But as for, as for, as for the ability to speak, 
This is this is Premier League speaking. Have a listen again. And you know what's happening today in our nation? Christians are being conditioned into thinking that things that once were reprobated are now acceptable. That's what this verse is talking about. That's what the world can do. It can influence the child of God into thinking and into believing that these things are no longer wrong, such as sodomy. That's the big agenda today. Let's change the thinking of the people into accepting that sodomy is a lifestyle that people are quite entitled to follow. And now we have the DUP. Notice the pause here. Putting up their candidate. Another pause. Who is an out-and-out lesbian. That's what I mean. Another pause. And my friend, that's what Paul is talking about here. That's the kind of thing that's going on in our own little land. Land. And there we have before our very eyes what God has to say about the danger of an ungodly world, a corrupt world, influencing even the thinking of people who should know better. Know better. That is oration. That is brilliant delivery. It is just so depressing that it's the message that he's delivering. It's so sad that he's delivering a message like that. But when it comes to ability to do it, David is right. It is quite incredible that people can be gifted like that. And, and in my opinion, not use it for love, not use it for unity, not use it for encouraging people to feel good, but using it to sow seeds of despair. Oh, I just, I, I, I so love listening to a fabulous speaker, and he is a fabulous speaker. Uh, your opinions on it? I'd love to, I'd love to know what you, what you think. Oh two eight nine zero treble three one zero five is the best number uh, to get us on. Have a yarn with you after this. Uh, quite a few people uh, coming through right behind the Reverend John Greer, patting him on the back and uh, saying his message is absolutely the right one. Um, let me see. I'll bring a couple of these uh, to you. Uh, Frank, you say it's sad he's delivering that message to such a great extent, but is is he not delivering the message that he's taking from the Bible? And if so, how or why do you think he is wrong to do so? It's the Christian's view, is it not? Says Jeff in Bambridge. Uh, Jeff, uh, thank you for that. It's not how I see Christ, uh, Jeff, I should emphasize. I don't see uh, Christ as someone who hates people who express love for each other. Um, let me see, there's another one uh, here which I'll bring to you. Yeah, it's very similar. It says, uh, Frank, are you blind to the word of God? Times change, but the Lord's word stays the same. Read your Bible if you claim to be a Christian. He hates sodomy. That's why he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, says, says John. John, uh, good morning to you. 02890 Here's a man who has an opinion on everything, including on this. Robert, go ahead Make your point. I did invite people to make their points. Go ahead and make yours, please. Frank, uh, just to listen to that recording, this is my response to it. When you're born on the planet Earth, you should have the basic human right to move freely across planet Earth. Nobody holds the right to judge you of your color, creed, religion, etc. 
if you're breaking a law, you're in a loop. If you're not breaking the law, you should be like a free spirit moving. Frank, truthfully, a good, a good, you know, the best religion you can ever carry. Keep it to yourself. But then, Honestly, but then, the but then, but then, there would be no such thing. There would be no such thing as preaching or conversion or the winning of souls to a greater being. There, there there'd be none of that allowed if we followed if we followed uh, your theory. Well, you see, well, I, I respond to that very quickly. Uh, that that concerns your parents and the schools. You should be taught it was in schools. And uh, your parents and, and the family, uh, the family life. And when you get a bit more mature, you can make your own decision to go one way or the other way. But you do not have to go out into public or go into public domain. You know, the best way to teach religion, once again, Frank, is in schools and in the family environment. Okay, uh, Robert, uh, thank you. 02890 Quite a few of you coming through on the, the, the text. I uh, think that the Reverend John Greer, uh, as Ian says, is the man. Right, we've got the news next.